Well, good afternoon and welcome to this inaugural taping of Sean and D's Good Tape. I'm Sean Newell. That's Dennis Brzezinski up there on the Zoom screen. You can't see him, but he's waving at you. And uh, <laughs> and this is one of those little technical things right off the bat that I can't play the music and hear you at the same time. So let me cut the music and now we should be able to hear you. Hey, D, what's up? Not too much, Sean. It's Sunday, it's Sunday afternoon. Beautiful here in Manhattan, Kansas, in my hotel room. So just to kind of set this up a little bit, I'm in Peoria, Illinois. Dennis is in Manhattan, Kansas, where he's on a work assignment right now. And we thought, uh, you know, during all of this COVID-19 and all of the uh, racial tension in the United States right now and stuff, we needed something to do that would just be a little bit of fun, you know, bring a little bit of fun into our lives, hopefully a little bit of fun into anybody's listening lives. And, you know, I think the best way to sum this up is we're going to talk about a lot of different things but it's all going to be based around music uh we both are are big fans of a lot of different types of music um i think the one that we probably share the most interest in is uh i don't know what would you say do you like 90s rock and kind of alternative rock? yeah right, right right in that wheelhouse when you know high school and we were growing up and and as we'll reveal you know driving around in benny mm-hmm. listening to a uh, radio and the tapes i would make you yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we, uh, you know, speaking of that, let's, let's just start there and then we'll see where this goes. And, you know, we're, we're, we don't really have a exact like schedule of things we're going to do. We're just kind of going on the fly and we'll see where the conversation takes us and all of that kind of fun stuff. But the, the premise of all of this starts and the reason this show is called Sean and D's good tape, which can mean a lot of different things. It can mean, you know, that we're taping this right now and we hope that it's going to be good, or at least that you'll think it's good. We'll see. Uh, but it all starts back to Dennis back Back in 1994 was the year we turned 16. So if you want to add the math, you can figure out how old we are now. Um, But, uh, you know, Dennis didn't really necessarily like the uh, taste of music that I was listening to when we got our driver's license and I got my first car. That's very true. So we were driving around and I was thinking about it this morning. I remember one time when we stopped and I can't remember what the name of the record store was uh, at the time because it was a couple of different names. Uh, But I remember the day that you bought I believe it was Nirvana Nevermind on cassette. Okay. And at the same time, you bought Travis Tritt, six foot tall in Bulletproof or 10 foot tall in Bulletproof. <laughs> I don't know why I remember shit like that, but I, I do. I don't know why you would remember that either because I'm going to tell you, I probably still have the Nirvana tape. I probably don't have the Travis Tritt one anymore. I'm going to yeah, guess. It was awful. So. It was so awful. I'm sure. Pro- that, in that car with you cranking the country music up so loud i actually have though i found uh, i don't know if you remember this but i had one of those uh one of those like fake leather leather um cassette holders i don't you know oh, a, little, a little case i still have it i've got it in a drawer in my basement and it's still got a lot of those tapes in there it's got um never mind and incesticide and i think it's got a pearl jam tape and a van halen tape so it's got a lot of good stuff still in there if tapes actually sounded worth a good uh a good crap and and you know I'm a record collector now, but and one of the things that's making a comeback actually is cassettes. I don't People get are, that. I, I don't either. Yeah, it, I, I think it's just the nostalgia of it because they don't sound that great. No, I mean, the the good tape thing that we're, we're kind of basing this on, you know, the tape that you made, the original one, I've got. And actually, the artwork for the uh, for the uh, podcast is that tape, the front of that tape. I took a picture of it and kind of, you know, did a little Photoshopping on it and put it as the as the artwork so you can see what the original tape looks like. But the but the funny thing is, is I only had two cassette players or two things that could play a cassette. One of them didn't work. 
work. And the other one was this uh, this old cassette player that my grandmother used for dictation when she went back to school to become like a secretary. And she could record her own voice doing like whatever it is she needed to, to do. And then she gave it to me when she was done because I used to like to uh, I know this is going to be shocking considering where my career went. But uh, but I used to like to record my own voice doing like sports updates and stuff like that. <laughs> so so anyway, that's why I have it. And it won't fast forward. It will rewind, but uh, it also drags a little bit. You know how tapes drag. So that's why I would find it hard to understand why if people want it for the audio quality, I can understand records with the popping and the that kind of nostalgia, but not when the tapes drag and they sound awful. Exactly. I, I mean, uh, I was in a record store yesterday, first time in months, uh, you know, since the whole pandemic thing started and they had a, a little section of tapes. I did actually look through it. There was a couple that I remember from like, you know, that I probably had, you know, nothing great, though, but like mm-hmm. if it was Pearl Jam, I wouldn't want it, of course. But. Yeah, so big Pearl Jam fan, and it's and it's very evident by this uh, tape. We're going to go through the first good tape, and then we're, you know, as we continue on, we'll bring in other songs that we like over time and stuff like that, but the first good tape is a really good place to start. Yeah, and, and eventually what we'll do is we'll set up a Spotify account where we can share, uh, that seems to be the most prevalent thing that people use, where we can share the playlist, you know, mm-hmm. songs we were talking about, including the uh, the first good take here. as a matter of that as a matter of fact are you going to set up a playlist that we can put in the notes for today absolutely i okay. started doing that uh in amazon because i was we were going to talk about i'll talk to you off air about the, the spotify mm-hmm. thing yeah but we will absolutely do that uh uh and it was funny and we'll get to it you know when we start going through the track listing but but there was one song that I was surprised wasn't on the Amazon Music. Guy. Interesting. Oh, I, yeah. I'm I'm curious as to what that is. But uh, but I will I will say by the time this posts, I because I probably we're taping it on a Sunday, but I probably won't post it until you get that track listing. So it'll be in the right. show notes and uh, and all of that fun stuff for uh, for people to check out. So you understand? Right. And, and, and eventually we're going to be uh, setting up you know like social media accounts where, where yeah. you can get contact us or you know. You know, bullshit about music with us or your memories around the songs that we talk about. This is just as much a test show for uh, for the two of us as it is a first show, honestly. We're testing oh. out technology and making sure all of this works and, you know, getting used to it and all that fun stuff. So Thank let's you. start off with the first side of the tape. of of It was actually called Newell's Good Tape, but we're going to call it Sean and D's Good Tape for the sanity of yeah, this the show. The yeah, yeah. So um, the first song is Daughter by Pearl Jam, of course, off of their second record, uh, Verse and I'm going to let you kind of lead this one, Dennis, because you're the biggest Pearl Jam fan that I've ever met. So go for well, it. This, this was the first single off of Versus, their second album. And I think that came out in 93. Yes. So you can tell my CD collection, as we go through this, you can tell my CD collection uh, uh, is just beginning because of, you know, you'll see a lot of redundancies, especially on this tape. Uh, but Daughter was the very first single off of Versus. It was originally supposed to be called Brother or something like that. But it was, it was this is when Pearl Jam was the biggest band in biggest band in the world and this song was just catching all over radio at the time and, and uh so it was a good way for me to get it into Sean's car I was doing a little bit of uh research on some of these songs not all of them because some of them were kind of throwaway songs that will kind of or at least they're not throwaway songs they're just throwaway songs to us now that it's been like you know 20 eight years or whatever, 27 years since this tape was made. But Eddie Vedder quoted on a, on a site about this song saying, what's that? 
I said, you did some research. I did. I did some research. You'd think I've done this before. Um, <laughs> the quote says, the child in that song obviously has a learning difficulty, and it's only in the last few years that they've actually been able to diagnose these learning disabilities. That before were looked at as misbehavior, as just outright rebelliousness, but no one knew what it was. These kids, because they seemed unable or reluctant to learn, they'd end up getting the shit beat out of them. The song ends, you know, with this idea of the shades going down so that the neighbors can see what can't see what happens next what hurts about that shit like that is that it ends up defining people's lives they have to live with that abuse for the rest of their lives good creative people are just effing destroyed so you know you know that's i i mean that that gave me goosebumps just reading that to be quite honest because it is so true what happens to you as a child so much carries you through your entire life and whether you can fend it off like some people can or whether it just consumes you i mean that's that's uh, i wow I, and, 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 and that's the thing that's, and, and you'll see kind of the contradiction coming, you know, this is when my musical pace started going to what I still listen to mostly today, you know, Pearl Jam and, and the, all the Nirvana and Foo Fighters and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the reason I felt for this band so hard coming out of the, uh, the eighties, you know, metal thing that we were all into also, uh, uh, going into a song this earnest, you know, just like, holy shit, you know, there'll be a couple more songs on this tape you know, from Pearl Jam, obviously, that mm-hmm. that just, you know, just blow you away. The meaning, the motion, it's such a contrast to some of the other shit we, we're going to get into on this. Right, yeah. I mean, it would just, uh, that, and that song, you know, funny enough, when you hear it, it doesn't make me think of something as horrendous as this. It makes me think of, you know, we just really liked Pearl Jam at the time. And I don't think I, I was you and I were talking about this yesterday when we were having a chat about putting this thing together. Pearl Jam's themes are very, very adult themes that when you're 16, 17 years old, you understand that it's kind of heavy, but you don't understand the themes to the depths of when you're 42 years old. Oh, what absolutely. they actually are. But, but when you're 16 years old and a song like that just makes you feel something, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, you don't necessarily get the whole thing, mm-hmm. but that was the great thing about that boom of the nineties, uh, you know, I guess quote unquote grunge was, it was so emotionally different than anything we'd listened to mm-hmm. before on radio. Yeah, absolutely. I would also say to anybody that's listening to this, if you want to, you know, with, with some of these songs and especially with that uh, with that Amazon list or Spotify list, with whatever it ends up being made into, you know, take a second, pause us, listen to the song so you can kind of refresh yourself if you haven't heard it for a long time or if you've never heard it at all. And then come back and listen to us discuss some of these, because I think uh, I think that, it you know, that's a, it's a great way to uh, kind of mix the music in. We can't actually play the music on here, but, you know, due to copyright issues but uh we certainly want to discuss all of this stuff if we can if the most awesome thing we could do on this show is introduce somebody to a song that we loved uh uh you know still love or or just you know just introducing people to music that's one of my favorite things in the world both to do and to have people do that for me also mm-hmm. yeah absolutely so uh i'm trying to pull up my list here for the second song um uh, second song I never I didn't quite get when I was listening back to it uh, back in black by ACDC because I mean we both I mean I don't hate ACDC not really one of my uh, top things and I and I really never really thought of you as a huge ACDC fan so I was surprised to see that on there I think it was one of the first CDs that I had you know it was one of those ones that was always on uh, our YMG our classic rock station that mm-hmm. was incredibly prevalent in the little town we grew up in uh, or all around that area, like literally for hundreds of miles, you could get the station. And uh, so I, I think there was just a familiarity with it. 
And it's, it is a, it's a badass rock song, but again, you're like you said, I'm not a huge Jason. Uh, sidebar that a reason a reason why I think that it might possibly be on there um, was the fact that your ACDC album, that Back in Black Sun, isn't it called Back in Black? Actually, yeah. the album. Yeah, yeah it's the one with the Bond Scott. Was it? That was originally my ACDC CD because you and I traded that CD for some old wrestling magazines that you had that I wanted when you very first moved to the small town that we grew up in. So I'm pretty sure that you put it on there. That and later on on side B shook me all night long is also on there. I think you might have put those on there because that was actually the first CD that I ever purchased. That wasn't the CD that I wanted. Um, but when I bought my first boombox thing that had a CD player on it, I wanted to buy something else. And it was some 80s rock band. I don't remember my dad was like, no, you don't want that. You'd rather have. And now that I look back on it, I'm like, he did that because he would rather hear ACDC than he would whatever <laughs> yeah. it was that I wanted to buy. But it was never one of like my favorite albums to have or anything like that. But no, it's a classic. It, yeah. it, I mean, it is a classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a fun song, but yeah. it's just, Hey, if ACDC yeah. came to Peoria, you know, after COVID 19s over and we're playing here, I'd go see them, but you know, just not my, not my favorite band to like listen to over and over again. And interestingly enough, the rumors are that, and, and, uh, that Axl Rose might actually front them on a tour. Uh, really again, when, when they, if they ever come back. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they, he did that last time too. I heard Brian Johnson maybe was a little bit better than he was and maybe at the front of them again. So that's interesting. Oh, did they actually play shows? Am I an idiot? And I didn't realize they did that with Axel. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Cause it, they, they had started that tour and then Brian Johnson couldn't do it and they already had all these shows scheduled. So Axel fronted them. Yeah. So maybe that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, you know, 2020, yeah. 2018, 2017, yeah, whatever. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so um, moving on to the next song on the list is Heart Shaped Box by Nirvana. And I, you know, this song's kind of funny because I really like Nirvana and, and that album in utero was one we listened to a lot driving around. You, you referenced Benny earlier. Benny is my car that we had to play the tapes in. So why you made this? Cause it had a tape deck with a really crappy sound system in it. But uh, we did listen to heart shaped box a lot. I wouldn't say though that, you know, 28 years later that I'm like, man, I really want to hear heart shaped box a whole lot. Now there's a lot of other Nirvana songs that I would rather hear. Oh, sure. That, I mean, that was, again, the first single off in utero. Right. And, uh, and I'm, you know, I was trying to think, you know, 94 is obviously when Kurt Cobain uh, took his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and I'm trying to remember if, if I made this tape before or afterwards. I don't know. I mean, I yeah, got the car. Was- I got the car. My birthday's in January. I didn't get the car till late March. Um, okay. so, so, so he probably. It was pretty he, close. And, yeah, it was April 4th of 94. Oh, he uh, probably made the tape afterwards then. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And. and and we can talk about this in a later show too. And, and I, I think you know where I'm getting at with a with a Nirvana song that we both adore. Uh, oh, where'd you sleep last night? Yeah. Yeah, 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 we will talk about that coming up in a in a future show because that uh, that's the kind of Nirvana that I would say the the unplugged album and and stuff off of probably you know Nevermind and and Incesticide I probably like a little bit more than In Utero except for like an All Apologies or something like that. There's a uh, it, it's funny you know growing up like now like some of my favorite Nirvana songs weren't popular, ones, you know, like Lounge Act or, or uh, uh, Francis Farmer or, or uh, that Teenage Angst has paid off well, the opener for uh, In Utero. God, I can't think of the name of that song. <laughs> Research. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I'm sure you'll pull it up pretty quick here. Yep. 
But, but yeah, I mean, you know, In Utero was was an album that he made not too long before he actually took his own life. I mean, within a year of that happening, and and uh, you can tell that there's a lot of uh, a lot of mental emotions going on with Kurt Cobain during that album and probably, you know, dealing with some things in his life that we'll never completely understand because fame and fortune just really weren't his thing. You know, as much as the music itself, it really, it really got to him and messed with him on a level that most people wouldn't understand. It, it, it's a remarkable. I mean, reading a lot of the stuff that I have read about him, you know, in the past is, you know, like he wanted to be famous so badly, but he didn't want that level of fame. You know, yeah. he, he he purposely went after it but then realized holy shit it's way too much and and as we were you know we were right in the wheelhouse for this sort of music when we were kids you know, mm-hmm. at 16 years old like he was speaking to us uh as a matter of fact the song's called serve the servants oh yeah okay yeah uh, and it's uh you know the opening line is teenage angst has paid off well now i'm old and bored mm-hmm. yeah and 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 i mean it was basically he was rebelling against the fame that he had yeah. Well, I mean, the song All Apologies is almost a suicide note in yeah. in some ways, just the way that it the way that it goes. So it's it's very, very interesting, but a good song. Um, you know, I I uh, can think of a lot of Nirvana songs that, like like I said earlier, probably shaped the way that I think of Nirvana a lot more than Heart Shaped Box. But it was the yeah. first single off that and probably did, you know, probably was one of the more influential ones at the time. The next song's kind of funny. <laughs> the, the, the I actually just listened to this before we started this. Like I hadn't um, heard it in probably since the car. Because I don't know anybody who probably dislikes Motley Crue more than you that's had, uh, listened to them on a on a. I, you know, yeah, but, I just I never gave a shit about. It. Yeah, but Jailhouse Rock by Motley Crue. I don't even know what album this was on. To be quite, that was honest. it was off the Decade of Decadence. I, I, we were talking about this last night, and I couldn't remember. Remember they put that. Uh, it was like the eighty one, ninety one Decade of Decadence. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a throwaway live song on there. Okay, and it's it's actually really good. I again, I hadn't listened to it like, mm-hmm. probably since the car. Yeah. yeah, they did a good job with it. Back when yeah, Vince yeah. Neil could actually sing, sort of. Yeah. I, <laughs> Yeah, that, your yeah. story. What, what, what was that last summer? You so, saw? so last summer I went and saw Sammy Hagar in the Circle, which is cur- Sammy's current band, and Vince opened for them. Uh, Don Felder from the Eagles was actually the opening opening act, and was really really good. Sing a lot of yeah, uh, sing crazy. a lot of great. I mean, sing Hotel California and pretty much any Eagles song that you're like, man, he did a really good job. Even if he wasn't the singer on those songs, he was singing them, and and it was awesome, and you know, good vibe and stuff. And then Vince Neil was second. And Vince Neil was so bad that my wife said, I can't sit here and listen to this anymore. And we literally <laughs> went and walked around until he was done and then came back and watched Sammy in the headlining act. It was terrible. You know, and, and oh. I know everybody, there's a lot of people that are really pumped up about the tour that's not happening now with Motley Crue being back together. And I think they were touring with what, Def Leppard, if I remember Def right? And Tesla? Somebody else. Was it Joan Tesla? Jett and the Black Hearts. Okay. Maybe it wasn't and- Tesla. It wasn't Tesla, but there was one other band I can't think of either. I, I remember I'd gotten offered for tickets for those, you know, uh, Bush Stadium show. I'm like, yeah, I'm not taking time off of work for that horse shit. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, and, and, you know, I'm sure that the crew back in the day, like this Jailhouse Rock song, you know, were probably a really fun band to see. And I'm sure that musically they're fine, but... I, I couldn't, I just don't think I could pay money for that. You know, if he was, oh. I mean, there's no way I know he filled in at the state fair after that as a headliner because somebody else had to cancel. I can't remember exactly the situation, but somebody got sick and had to back out. So they brought Vince Neil in. I'm like, I wouldn't go see that, you know, especially if it's the only band that you're going to, uh, to see, but you know, maybe he's, maybe he's better than he was since last summer. I just have a hard time believing it. So poison, next, poison was, is the other band that was supposed to be on oh. that tour. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, so the next, um, the next, uh, album that's represented on here is one that, uh, you'll actually uh, hear quite a bit from on the B-side of this tape, but it's Since I Don't Have You by Guns N' Roses from The Spaghetti Incident, which was obviously an album full of covers. Um, not a bad song, though. I listened to it on my way here to tape this today just because I hadn't heard it, you know, a clear version of it that wasn't on that tape dragging at least. And I was like, you know, that's that's actually a pretty good song. I could probably listen to it a little bit more often than I do. So I I, I tend to get obsessive about bands, and I always have. And, you know, Pearl Jam has been stuck around for uh since 30 since, years uh, yeah. yeah and uh but the band prior to that uh was guns and roses mm-hmm. just obsessed with them they changed the music for me you know going from bullshit like poison and death leopard and uh motley crew you know into a more serious you know almost like a rolling stone sort of edgy rock and roll that wasn't expected so they were my like absolute first obsession and it's funny how this tape represents both both of those here very heavily yeah songs. very heavily um, next was Plush by Stone Temple Pilots. Um, a great fucking song. It is a good song. Yeah, Stone yeah. Temple Pilots is one of those bands that kind of is maybe a little bit underrated now because you just don't hear much weird. about them. Yeah, you just don't you don't, you don't think about them. They're not at forefront like a Pearl Jam, Nirvana, something well, like that. They were they were one of those one early bands that that like uh, uh, got shit for ripping off the scene, the sound. You know, like like they called Core their first album uh, jokingly would be referred to as Eleven. Because mm-hmm. it tried so hard to sound like Ten by Pearl Jam, but but the music holds up to me. I fucking love that. Band. Yeah, no, it does. I think I think it does too. And some of their some of their later albums. Uh, what was the what was the one that came out? Probably our junior or senior year of high school. Are you talking about Purple with uh, Vaseline? No, on? no, next one, the third one. The oh, one kind of had, music songs. Yeah, that song had a million singles on it. Um, oh yeah. You know that that I, it's kind of funny. It, it's kind of like, and, and I'm kind of like this about Pearl Jam to a certain degree too, which kind of leads us. I can kind of lead us into the next song because of this is is Jeremy. You know, is another song like this too, where it got so much radio play, to where when I say, hey, I'm going to listen to Pearl Jam, like Jeremy Alive, Plush by STP, some of the songs off of the album that you just mentioned from STP that got played so much on the radio. I'm like. I cannot listen to those and be okay because I've heard them so many times. I want to listen to other stuff, which is yeah. kind of strange. And, and as you, you can attest to, because we, we talked about last night, I've seen Pearl Jam five times, yeah. twice without you. Uh, but but two of the best songs in concert by them are Jeremy and Alive mm-hmm. because they're so well known and this, the crowd gets into it. And especially now the Alive thing. Yeah. The way Eddie feels about that song now is just, that blows me away. But Jeremy with the, that part Mm -hmm. you know the whole crowd doing that and then the uh oh it's so amazing it is but how much do you Uh, just how much do you just listen to it though off of well no right it's not it's not my go-to jeremy even flow either one of those i'm not yeah alive's a little different even though it got played a ton too i I do agree with you about alive that it's one that i'll listen to a little bit more often but i'm also i got so used to and i don't have it right now because uh it expired during the beginning of coronavirus uh my sirius xm that had pearl jam radio on it that i would listen to a lot it expired though and i'm like i'm not i'm I'm literally driving 10 minutes to work and 10 minutes home and that's all i can do so it really doesn't make sense to pay for this right now especially when i've got like apple music on my phone and you know that kind of stuff so i let it laps but but honestly pearl jam listening to their live versions of songs it's hard to almost listen to, and i've always been like this i like the live version of songs more than the studio versions a lot of times and i'm sure we'll get it we'll get into that with a few bands uh, uh yeah. in later episodes i'm sure i'm sure I, you're I not talking about the counting crows 
or the candle box version of you. Well, that's right, that's way better than the regular one. <laughs> just because he curses at a certain point and it just makes it oh, yeah. better. So I have oh, yeah. I don't know where that I don't know where to find that by the way. Cuz you can't just the like on, on Apple Music. I don't think you can just type in like the live version of you or something like that. Well, it was the B-side of the Far Behind uh, right. cassette yeah. single which I think one of us had. I, I don't had remember. It. I had it, you had but it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I don't know where to find that though, but, uh, yeah, you, I'll, I'll, I'll track it down. Yeah, I'll you, track it you, down. you and I, and our, and our friend Tom, uh, used to like to uh, drive around and listen to that song over and over again. So. You know, and, and that's funny. Uh, mm-hmm. you bring that up cause I can't, let me look back here. Oh, daughter. Uh, you know, that was another thing we loved to do in the car was make up words to songs Yes, and, uh, no. and sing them about people. Yes. I mean, I, of course I'm not going to bring up the certain like daughter. As soon as we brought that up, I was thinking about the song we I didn't do that about Tom though. No, you're talking about. Oh, not with friend. daughter. No, yeah. daughter was with uh, with uh, Joey. <laughs> Joey, don't call me Joey. Yeah. And, oh, and then there was don't call me Coco. Remember? <laughs> Goddamn inside jokes. And, and I, I don't even know if I want to explain it or not. No, but it's just fucking no, hilarious. There's no. this kid in high school that had you can't you can't resist what it, <laughs> so what i don't know if i want to explain it here let me tell you a story <laughs> <laughs> well i'm not going to use names or anything but there was this yeah. kid in high school that that you know mm-hmm. we were both friends with and, and played basketball with and what he wore a sweater to school or, or, or something like that was and i don't remember it i just started calling him coco he looked like coco beware but, the wrestler because he had all the colorful that's why you did it i'm pretty oh, is sure that right? i think so because the sweater was so colorful that it looked like the wrestler coco you remember the wrestler coco beware oh, yeah, the bird the bird man, coco yeah. Beware. yeah well yeah. It, had, it, it had it was very uh, it was a very flamboyant sweater if you will it had a lot of bright colors and stuff and i'm pretty sure that's where that came from if i remember okay. right that makes sense i always thought of it as is uh i was trying to think of some sort of weird preppy nickname to give somebody uh, but but that makes more sense that I would do it with the wrestling thing. Yeah, and uh, and he had that 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 like low deep voice and don't call me Coco. Don't call me Coco. <laughs> And he threw a basketball at, at you and it, yeah, he threw a basketball at you and then said, well, I meant to hit Sean with it. No, I meant to hit Tom. And we both it. got pissed off. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah, and and then, then we just, had friends trying to get us to fight him. After and then he just, class. then he just, ha- then he just had to go away for a little while. So. <laughs> <laughs> he, nice guy though. I mean, we ended up oh, being pretty, guy. we ended, up, we ended up being pretty good friends with him later on. Yeah. 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 yeah we hung out with him so a lot, after, yeah. you know, after high school. Right. Uh, so, so we're at the end of side one, Sean. You want to you want to go ahead and finish this off, or save it for another episode? Oh, let's see how long have we been doing this. Let me check the timer here. We are at uh, da, 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 da. we're about twenty six minutes. I think we can probably just go ahead and finish it. What do you think? Go ahead and finish it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Looking at it, uh, so side two. Let me let me do the intro on this one. Is a uh, uh, starts with crackers, Euro Trash Girl. Mm-hmm. This was a, a a hidden track when they used to be able to do hidden tracks. Now with MP3s, there's no more hidden tracks off of their album Kerosene Hat. And I was obsessed with this song. And it's a great I, song. I, yeah, I think I got you obsessed with it also. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's what is it? It's like eight minutes long or something like that. It's long. Yeah. And, and this this story this song we listened to it so much, and and it's really you know interesting because as you said it is a hidden track and i was like how far tra- was this hidden and it was track 69 i know you know that's a clever 90s rock reference um oh, yeah. but uh, <laughs> but they had they had that many tracks in between i believe they had two other hidden ones on the album yeah. from what i was reading was, earlier uh, today there was uh not, i think it was just song 98 and 99 i think the last two tracks but they were. but they apparently had 57 tracks that were all just four seconds long that then they would skip to the next track you know so yeah that's there fun. was an up, I, 
uh, so what year was it? It was the this this Desert Life tour for Counting Crows that uh, we saw a Cracker open up for them. That was the year two thousand, and it was at the Prairie Capital Convention Center in Springfield. And they and they, they opened it open with it. That's like Leonard Skinner opening up with Freebird. Yeah, that should have been the last song they played, or at least the, or at least the song they come back from the encore with. Yeah, well, at opening acts don't really do encores, but that's true. But you know, you know, it's funny at uh, front row. I remember in the used section. Uh, a long time ago, and I still have it, but I think it's in storage in Franklin. So it's a, a, a CD single for Euro Trash Pearl. Oh. And, and the B side of it was a cover of Neil Young's Fucking Up. Oh. Which was the very first encore, you know, the, that Pearl Jam show we saw in uh, uh, 96, I guess. Right, Yield? 98. 98. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's right. We were out of high school for that. Uh, that's what Pearl Jam closed the show with, was the cover of Fucking Up. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember the Pearl Jam part. I didn't know that the that the uh, Cracker B side was was the same song. So that's interesting. Yeah, I I, I can't believe that just popped in my head. Yeah, right now, but yeah. And, and the fact that it was a, a hidden track and it wasn't ever. I don't ever remember hearing it on the radio. But the fact that they had a CD single for it. Too. By the way, Adam Durwitz that night of the Counting Crows when we saw them in two thousand in Springfield, um, which was a great show, by the way. Um, oh, absolutely. Because it was so it was so intimate. Because the civic the the Civic Center that's in Peoria, the Convention Center down in Springfield is such a small place that no matter where you were, you felt like you were right there. And uh, mm-hmm. the floor was open, and I don't think you sat on the floor because uh, no, I can't do because that. yeah, because you you wanted to be up in the seats. But but uh, my wife and I, who was my girlfriend at the time, actually went down to the floor, and we were hanging out with some other people that we knew. And uh, Adam Dorowitz that night did announce that Springfield, Illinois, is the Springfield that the Simpsons reference, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> <you know. laughs> oh, I, we sat in the stands because my girlfriend at the time is short. Yeah. 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 So yeah. she couldn't do the crowd. Thing. I wasn't going to talk about that, but you brought it up. So anyway, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, moving on to the next song. Let me pull up my <laughs> handy dandy little uh, little thing here. Disarm by the Smashing Pumpkins, which, uh, you know, was really about uh, once again, going back to daughter, talking about somebody's poor childhood life. That's pretty much what Disarm is about for for the lead singer of the Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, it's such a great song. I need to get that one on vinyl, too. Siamese Dream. Uh, but yeah, that that album almost became underrated. You know, like like they were never considered. Smashing Pumpkins were right there with, you know, the Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Nirvana, and Alice in Chains. And they kind of slipped behind. Well, yeah. Well, uh, Billy Corgan's an egomaniac. Mm-hmm. And they went and did like Adore and you know, that crazy shit. Uh, Zwan, do you remember that? Dude? No, I remember Adore, but I, I kind of checked out after that. Well, Zwan was his band after Smashing Pumpkins. And oh. put some shit but out. the Pumpkins are back together now, correct? No, not fully. Uh, okay, partially. You know, I, I, I think the James Iha and Jimmy Chamberlain, but Darcy won't is in fact with them. But he admits, Billy Corgan admits that this song, you know, and the the things that led to him writing this song are what makes him the way that he is today. Oh, absolutely. You know, once yeah. again, childhood making you into yeah. the person that you become. So yes, so yeah, exactly. Exactly. yeah, yeah. So a good song though. You know, it's very powerful. Not just the not just the lyrics, but the music with the bells oh. and the and the some of the sounds that go along with it. The this, dun dun was, dun. You know, I mean, it's just very powerful. This was one of the songs Tommy and I would play. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, shook, shook me all night long by ACDC. We kind of referenced it earlier. We can probably skip over that one. Classic the next rock. one, the next one I know we're not going to skip over is black by Pearl jam. Our third um, Pearl jam song that is on and our final Pearl jam song. That's on this tape. Holy shit. That song, especially at that time, that was the song that made me fall 
in love with Pearl Jam. Yeah. Uh, uh, I remember uh, borrowing the CD from our friend Josh. And I think I kept that thing for eight months until I finally got my own copy for Christmas. <laughs> and, and Black was just wore the hell out of that. And another one of those amazing live songs that, God damn, I know someday you'll have a beautiful life. I, yeah. I know I can't necessarily go into all of it for copyright reasons but you can you can say the lyrics to the songs we just can't play the songs so yeah oh the letterman thing did you ever see that clip we've talked about this yeah before, i right? think so yeah yeah when letterman had that song stuck in his head for like a couple of weeks and then uh, uh paul Schaefer got eddie to walk in and just sing that part yeah yeah and at the rock and roll hall of fame induction uh uh, uh dave letterman revealed what eddie Vedder whispered to him uh in his ear he said don't ever fucking do this again. Get, <laughs> get it out of your fucking head. It was awesome. That's awesome. funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was also the song. If I, if from, from my uh, research that I was doing earlier, if I um, have this right, that uh, it was the song that Eddie sent to the rest of the band. And that's when they invited him to come and do tryout, uh, you know, to like try out for what would become Pearl Jam. Uh, I believe that's incorrect. Sean. I believe the three songs that he sent were Alive, Footsteps, and what was the other one? Then my source that I was reading from is incorrect. Then. Yeah, it's called the Mama Son Trilogy. Uh, God damn it, I feel like an idiot for blanking on that uh, as we're recording. But it was Alive, Footsteps, and one other song that were uh, that were on that tape. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, um, next... I don't, and I don't know where these, I mean, I know they're off the spaghetti incident, but it's kind of, uh, you know, two more covers by, uh, Guns N' Roses, which goes to your tastes at the time. Ain't it fun. And then, uh, look at your game girl, which was, uh, the Charles Manson cover that Axel didn't want people to know about until it was released. So I'll let you take those because honestly, I didn't remember these two songs until I heard them last night when I was going through the tape. Well, ain't it fun. I I believe is actually sung by uh, Duff McKagan and it, it was a Johnny Thunders uh, cover from uh, uh, this, uh, God, was New York Dolls. That was his name, the punk band that he was super into. Uh, and then there's Hair of the Dog in there too. Oh, uh, yes. I forgot about that one, which yeah. is also, yeah, off uh, the spaghetti incident. Yeah, yeah it's a, a great cover. You know, it's made for Guns N' Roses to cover something yeah. like that. I listened to uh, that Look at Your Game Girl also mm-hmm. right before we recorded this because yeah. I hadn't heard it in forever. And uh, uh, it's not bad. It really is pretty good. Yeah. And there's a documentary on Netflix. You, you surprised me coming in early uh, about Charles Manson. Like the whole reason he kind of went crazy. Uh, well, he was insane regardless. Uh, uh, but the biggest reason he became obsessed with some of this shit was because he wanted to be in music. Let me find But there's an amazing documentary on Netflix, and I'll, I'll find it here sometime. But about about that, about his obsession with wanting to be in the music business and pretending, you know, uh, the, the Dennis Wilson from the Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's insane. It's so good. But it, the song is actually pretty decent. Yeah, it's actually kind of pretty. Weirdly enough, yeah. just the way Axel yeah. sings it and stuff, because you never know what you're going to get with Axel. You know, his voice can be all over the place at times. He's oh, got yeah. a deep voice. He's got a voice like the way that he is in this song, which I would kind of equate to him in uh, Patience. You know, just yes. a little bit, a little bit more mellow. Be. You know, type of a thing. But then, you know, he's he's just kind of all over the place on how he sings. But uh, you know, it works for him. Yeah, 
So that was mm-hmm. the that was the tape. I don't know if you have anything else to uh, to add to any of it. I mean, the way we are kind of uh, taking this is now after this, we're going to what do we say? Each pick a song or a couple. Yeah, of songs? we'd alternate. We'd alternate picking a song. Yeah. Uh, you know, try to do you know thirty minutes or something. You know, each episode just mm-hmm. talking about the song. Uh, you know, we'll be. I'll do a little more research. You know, to fill up some time instead of having bullshit about songs. But but then just talking about memories or how the song makes us feel now and how it relates to the world as it is now. Cause we both have a lot of opinions. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and again, the other thing that doing this podcast is but allowing us to do is, is to talk more, you know, right. with texting and all this shit, you having a family and a career, me being on the road constantly, you know, we don't talk enough anymore. So this yeah. is a great excuse for us to have uh, something to talk about. Yeah. You know, around like a theme sort of thing. Right. And I think as, as time goes on for people that are listening to this going, you know, this is bizarre that these two decided to start doing this, you know, or whatever that people can join us from time to time too, that maybe we're with us during, during different times and we'll have some special guests or, you know, people that just like, you know, want to listen and and talk about their musical experiences with some songs, you know, we're happy to, uh, to hear from you. So just shoot us a note. You can actually probably the best way is me on Twitter because I'm at S Newell. 78 that's s-n-e-w-e-l-l 78 and just shoot me a a note on twitter and you know if you're out there and you're like hey this is my memory of this song and we're happy to share them and possibly invite you in to uh hang out with us for a little bit and absolutely and 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 as far as the social media and the the playlist and everything sean will put all that stuff up on on the the page uh, after this episode uh and and we'll we'll promote it more following this you know once we have all that stuff established but uh but but yeah, this was fun. Oh, Sean's. Yeah. <laughs> so yesterday marked the 25th anniversary. Oh wow, Alanis yeah. Morissette, "Jagged Little yeah. Pill." Wow. Yeah. That was that was one of those weird albums that we all fell in love with. Yeah. Uh, well, she did uh, it right, and we've talked about this a million times over the years. Releasing "You Ought to Know" as the first single got everybody to say, "Holy crap!" You know, the, you know, out, put it on alternative stations, rock stations, yeah. and then then they would play ironic and all that stuff on those same fucking stations. Yeah. And she was all over the place. Yeah, solid rock, solid rock stations playing ironic is kind of funny because there's no way that that would have happened otherwise. That would oh, have just fuck. been on pop stations, you know. Like yeah. uh, as we and, we always equate it, we always equate it because we we stuck get stuck in the stations that we grew up with. That would have been on WDBR in Springfield, not on WQLZ. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but because you ought to know it, it went right there. Yeah, and, yeah. That's funny. Oh, okay, so fuck it. The funny. Well, no, we, we can talk about this that song a little more in depth because that's got to be one of those songs we talk. Y- about. You ought to know, or yeah. or, or ironic. <laughs> well, yeah. well, maybe or we the just entire album because the album yeah, was we good. Could probably, we could probably just do an episode on the album at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll get to, we'll get to that. So yeah. anyway, you want to you want to leave it there for now, and we'll uh, try to do this again within the next week. And who wants to pick the first? You do we each bring a song to the table, or what? I can't remember. I know you said we would alternate, but why don't we just each bring a song to the table, and that way I we like can that. Yeah, yeah, that way we can spend and, like fifteen and, and minutes did on you a song. Want, you you want to do a little more research? So like, I, so if we both bring a song to the table, yeah, could it be a surprise? Like you look into that song and. and find out what you want to talk about that song and, and me do the same, or do you want to know it advanced? So 
Well, I don't know. That that's that's interesting. Why don't we try it not a surprise at first? Because okay. the reason the reason I say that is only because like we were talking about last night, it would probably work better in terms of oh, well this makes me think of such and such and not trying to do it on the fly. You know, I mean, we could I don't care. I we could try it either way. Cuz it, okay. it might well, be kind maybe, of fun to do Maybe it we alternate. Yeah. We'll we'll do a prepared show and then we'll do a you know, come yeah. in and like Sean, do you remember that song? Yeah. And what does the song make you feel like? So yeah. Let's do that. We might have to just pause the recording and listen to the song. So, you know, it can be like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> well, so if, if yeah. we do it, if we do a surprise one yeah. every other episode, uh, you know, I'll make sure I try to pick something for you that that I know that you'll know. Yeah. OK, that's cool. I, I Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we'll figure. I'm game. So anyway. again, this is the first episode. We have no idea what the fuck we're yeah. doing. So we'll, yeah. we'll figure this out as we go. <laughs> All right. On that note, that's D over there. I'm Sean. We're going to sign off this week and uh, we'll be back soon, though. And hopefully we'll get at some point we'll figure out which day this launches on. And so if we get this all sorted out with show notes and stuff like that, we'll say, okay, it's on Tuesday that I put this up. We'll just try to post the new show every Tuesday. And then if we you know, want to do a bonus episode here and there, we'll we'll throw that in as we go along. So anyway, maybe the quick little thing about something we both thought of or something like that. Absolutely. So we will see you next time here on Sean. John and D's good tape.